Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Meta Spiritual Talk on the Meta Spiritualist Podcast. This week, we have the absolute privilege of having Joanne Ligonde on the show to talk about what it means to be a joyous leader and why joy is the key to internal wellness. Joanne Ligonde is a results-oriented leader who has been training and advising women in senior leadership for over 15 years. From self-development to organizational culture, Joanne has a demonstrated track record of building trust and empowering conscious leaders to create sustainable joy for personal and organizational success. I am so excited to share with you this conversation with Joanne. Take a listen. This episode is sponsored by New Media Film Festival. Introducing their newest category, Faith and Family. This category highlights stories that are faith-based and or family-friendly. To learn more about this category and more, visit www.newmediafilmfestival.com. The Meta Spiritualist is guided by the creator of the universe through prayer, meditation, and sound healing. Good morning, Miss Joanne. Um, Ligonde. Is that how you pronounce your last yeah, name? That is. You did it beautifully. Ligonde. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love it. I love it. It sounds so, um, is it French? It is. But you know what? It's as much as um, I'm from Haiti. And so it is French. But what I realized was that when I was doing some research, it may be Spanish because there's an island in, in Spain that is named the Ligonde Island, which is really, really interesting fact. So I have to do more research on that. I'm like, is it French or is it Spanish? <laughs> oh, that would be fun to, to do some research on. Right? What if you found out that it belonged to like your great, 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 great grandparents and you inherited the land and that would be, that would be we'll amazing. We'll be going, we'll be going to the <laughs> island of, you know, Ligonde Island actually in Spain. That's actually one of my dreams. It's on my bucket list Okay, where I'll be able to get to the Ligonde Island. It's nothing like to touch the ground that's, that you're named after, right? I mean, I, I can't say it's named after me. Right, <laughs> it's right, right. been there way before me, so I'm named after it. So right. it'd be it'd be great to kind of like just be on that land and, and touch it. So that's definitely one of those things that I want to do. It to, to feel connected with. You know what it makes us think? It makes me think of. It makes me think of our interconnectedness. Yes. Right. So we think we're one thing. And then when we open up our eyes, we realize that we're just so much more than that one thing that defines us. So I'm thinking, hey, I'm Haitian. But then um, there's just interconnectedness with Spain, my grandmother, partly from Cuba and and, you know, in France. So it's just really amazing to kind of like get all of that all in all into one. No, that is amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. I listen, if I found out that I was named after an island. I'm you going to take fine, my right? land back. Maybe we'll okay? make that. We'll bring that bucket list sooner. <laughs> Maybe next year, I'll, you know, like where's Lagonde Island? I need to go on there. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into this thing, jo- Joanne. I am so so grateful that you answered my call to join me on the Metaspiritualist. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and and what you do. I am just so honored to be here with you, Marla. Thank you so much. So I am an executive coach, a leadership coach. Um, I am the founder of Joyce Leader International, where I help leaders really reconnect with themselves, ignite their joy while achieving excellence. Many of us high achievers like yourself, we go and we go and we go and we forget that it's so important for us to be grounded and to find joy exactly where we are instead mm-hmm. of continuously be on the pursuit of excellence, but to actually enjoy the excellent moment that we're in right now. So, so that's what I do. I have, um, I've worked with many clients and organizations and corporations, and of course, in educational leaders, I'm a principal, I'm a middle school principal as well. Wow. And so creating joyous spaces in our lives is, is really my life's mission. That's amazing. Um, so your name is Joanne. Have is that like a play on your name where you called joy growing up? And so you just said, you know what? I am, I am going to embody joy and, and exude it to everyone that I meet. 
I wish. No, that's not how it happened, actually. <laughs> now, though, people call me Joy. They forget my name and they just call me Joy, I guess, because of Joyous Leader. However, Joyous Leader really came from a place uh, during a time about uh, six years ago now when I discovered that I had a cyst in my brain. Mm. So I discovered I had a cyst in my brain and had kind of like a midlife crisis of, oh my gosh, you know, what if it's cancerous? Um, and I was really afraid until they were doing a lot of tests. They were running tests. I had to go to the neurosurgeon to see if it needed to be taken out um, and really just had a, um, had a moment, existential moment of why am I here? Like, what's the ultimate goal of me being here? Yes, I'm an educator. Yes, I add value to others and I add value to people, but my ultimate calling and, um, and after a lot of searching and praying, I, I remember uh, speaking, to, speaking to someone and we were coming up with kind of like different names. It was like, well, what's your purpose? I said, you know what? I want when people leave me that they feel excited and joyful and joyous and, you know, and, and that's what I want. I want to have that impact on people that they, that when I, when they meet me, they have so much energy mm-hmm. and that's how Joyous Leader was born. Oh, so I love it. it really came from a space of my, I would say my lowest, one of my lowest in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, in which I felt disconnected. Um, and I really felt that I was dying. So I wrote my eulogy and said, you know what, if that is the case, I want to live the rest of my days adding joy to people, you know, making sure that they feel valued, they feel seen and they feel happy. So mm. that's where that came from. No, that is amazing. And I didn't, I didn't even think about like writing my own eulogy. Like we think about end of life stuff, but writing your own eulogy, that's pretty heavy. How were you feeling in that moment when you were putting down on paper what people would hear without you being physically present? Right. So, you know, or it's conscious, really conscious rather, because you probably would be physically present, but conscious you wouldn't be. Right. I, I think for me, so I didn't write it in the present moment, right? So I didn't write it as Joanne Lagande dying at um, 30. 35 years old, you know, mm-hmm. um, I really wrote it from the point of Joanne Lagani dying at like, I think I wrote like 89 or something. I don't know. It was like, it was in my eighties looking back. So it gave me hope because I still wanted to fight for this life. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I had so much to do. I have children, you know, I'm married. And so I, I had so much to live for, mm-hmm. but for me, it helped to ground me and it helped to give me a sense of urgency of doing now, don't put off for tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised. Do now what you're able to do today. And so it was really empowering. And I think it completely changed my life. I don't think um, Joyous Leader would have been born. I, I wouldn't have the courage to do it scared. Yeah. If I didn't go through that impasse in my life and if I didn't go through the process of seeing what, would, what does the end look like? Mm, right. Mm. How do you want to be remembered? And so when I work with leaders, I always want to ask them, you know, how do you want to be remembered? Not just by the people that you lead in your official capacity, right? right? By the people in your life. Yes. By your neighbors, by your loved ones, by your family members. And so it really came from that deep space of um, reckoning. (laughs) Like, you know, how, what are people going to say about you, Joe? Are they going to say, you know, what are they going to say about you? So, so yeah, Marla, I encourage all of your listeners and I encourage you to, to write your own eulogy. You know, they say that the average lifespan is about 80 years old, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, However, people now live until 114, 120 years old. However, you can't live eternally, right? We all know that there is an end date to you, to me, to all of us. And so keeping that in mind, if we were to say, okay, if I were to live to a hundred, what would I like to accomplish? I'm almost halfway there, believe it or not. So so it is very, it's it's very real to be able to to grapple with that question um, in a state of peace. So I invite people to write their eulogies when they don't have to. That is so, that is so powerful to even like go there to be honest. And I, I always say, I don't really want to live to a hundred. That's the goal. But if I'm going to be decrepit or, you know, having to rely a lot on other people, I would rather be gone before that. Like I want to be very vibrant in my eighties. Right, so. right. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna practice that. Like I'm gonna sit down and, and really think about that. That's that's a great recommendation to for anybody, you know. And it's a part of your your end of life planning. Yeah, um, incorporate that, that in that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they always say that when you're under crisis, it's not the time to begin planning, right? We begin planning before that. And so, and it helps to direct our paths, right? It helps to, it helps us to take action because Mm -hmm. oftentimes we think about kind of like the end of life or we don't think about it. And we're just like, oh, I'll have time to do this. Yeah. I'll have time to start the business. I'll have time to go back to school. I'll have time and I'll have time. And then that time never really comes because we're not really well coordinated and make that commitment to really take the actions necessary to move forward, you know, forward towards our purpose. Yes. No, that's amazing. That's good. So I have a few questions about spirituality and what guides you on your, on your journey. Um, what was your upbringing like in terms of spirituality? Were you brought up in a Catholic church or in the Christian church, you know, the Protestant church? What, what was your upbringing like? So I was brought up in the Catholic church and think, and, you know, I'm just so thankful for my grandmother because my grandmother uh, woke me up every Saturday morning and we went to 6am mass. Oh, wow. Um, and I, and I have to tell you that I grew up in Haiti until about the age of nine I have to say that that was the best time of my life um, spiritually because I wanted to wake up like I wanted to have that appointment, not necessarily with God at that age, right? Well, with my grandmother, because my grandmother was just so vibrant. Mm-hmm. She was just um, so full of life. I mean, she was a force to be reckoned with. Right. And I wanted to spend time with her. That was our one on one time. So we walked to church. During our walk to church, we talked about spirituality, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, and how we, you know, how we are powerful uh, within us. And we have to constantly stay connected. So I think more than church service itself, although church service was great, um, it was the walk with my grandmother um, Mm -hmm. that really helped me to develop my spirituality. And uh, when the walk got heavy sometimes, meaning that it was a long distance, you know, we had to walk to church, we started singing. So we would be singing and holding hands. And that really started my faith. And and then we would come back home. And mm-hmm. while we were Catholic, I, I remember there was this, this woman, uh, I don't know if she was a preacher, but she definitely prayed a lot. Oh my gosh, you're sending, you're sending me back to Haiti right now. <laughs> I love uh, it. <laughs> I remember her coming, coming over to my grandmother's house, mm-hmm. no matter what we were doing. And she would come always around like noon or 1 p.m. We would have to all stop, get on our knees and pray. And oh, she wow. was Protestant. Mm-hmm. So whenever she came, we would pray for 10 to 15 minutes and oh like my. really like evangelical prayers, like, you know, like, Father God, you are awesome. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like calling them angels like down, upon the <laughs> angel. like we're calling the angels down to call this house and feed yes. us, and, you know, so, so I, re- it's really amazing how, um, my grandmother welcomed, um, welcomed prayer you know, into our, our household. And then in the evening, it didn't stop with grandma, Mm. with mommy too. That was her name. Um, so in the evening now we would have family prayer. And so prayer really, I think at at a very young age, um, prayer was very important for us. Um, prayer kept us safe, physically mm -hmm. safe. Um, you know, that's what we were taught. Um, Mm -hmm. it was during turbulent times and, and political unrest. And so, when we were hearing um, bullets and we were hearing guns and we were hearing sometimes bombings, um, you know, in Haiti during that time, um, we prayed. We prayed together as a, we prayed together as a family. So over time, over the years, even with my coming here, uh, prayer is a really big part of our lives. You know, we started praying as a family. Um, you know, on Saturday evenings, and sometimes it's on and off, but every single night, uh, we pray with our children. So our children, you know, they say that our father, they, 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 they pray prayer of gratitude, mm-hmm. um, you know, every night and every morning, we encourage them, you know, just like brushing your teeth. Did you pray this morning? Did you pray this morning? So our relationship with God um, was ingrained important. in me from a very, oh, yes, it is my anchor. <laughs> So would you, would you say that, um, are you all still practicing Catholic Catholicism or 
Okay. And how has that influenced you more as an adult? Like, have you had um, a turning point in your walk where you've, you know, doubted or questioned, or I know you talked about when you were kind of in one of your lowest points was when you wrote your eulogy. So how was that turning point for you in your spiritual walk as a mom and a wife and a, a foundational faith believer? Right. So I, I see religion in, in different ways, right? Spirituality and religion. So for me, that the idea of um, religion and, and having a church home and having a community and having traditions that that help to anchor us, but not um, not hinder us from the relationship. Right. From mm-hmm. having a spiritual home. Right. Sometimes we allow that the rigidity of the religion to, to yeah. prevent us from really having the, the, the relation the, the, like the spirituality and really feel connected to the ultimate source. And I think what I've what I've been able to do and, and what changed me was when I started meditating. Mm. Um, and so and I realized and I started really um, realizing how Hinduism Catholicism and Judaism are so incredibly connected, right? And Buddhism is not even a religion altogether. Also, people would say that it is a religion, right? Because the Buddha was like, no, it is not a religion. It is a practice. So when I started studying all of these um, different practices and religions, I realized that we're all one. We're all one. And, And the ultimate religion is love. Right. And so I can say, yes, I'm a practicing Catholic because I've had my sacraments and my children are having their sacraments. But ultimately, my children are taught um, to love deeply, mm-hmm. to be filled with gratitude and that and to respect other people's walk of faith. It is my walk of faith because it gives me comfort. It is, mm-hmm. you know, it's my community, but I feel at home anywhere. Um, so I can go to a Pentecostal church and feel at home. I can go to a Hindu temple and feel at home. Yeah. You know, I've gone to India, so I feel at home anywhere. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's really good. So tell us a little bit about um, what encouraged you to start your own practice of, you know, teaching, leadership, coaching, and how has spirituality helped you to heal others? Well, first I have to say that the power to heal comes from within. Mm -hmm. So my job is not to heal others. My job is to guide you to the source that heals. I love it. And so, um, so in order for me to guide you, I have to stay connected. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed that. I needed guide. And, and many people have served as guides for me in my life to bring me closer to the source or closer to who I truly am. Because ultimately, Mala, we are all love, right? You are made up of love, of purity, of joy, of peace and everything else. But then the personality that, that we inhabit, right, we create in this life has to go through certain struggles <laughs> to overcome, to really bring us back to the ultimate source of who we are. Oh, and I like so- that. And so for me, um, it's really a personal journey. Like I know that I have to get rid of my sankaras or, or the sins or whatever, whatever in your religion or in your practice, you call them. Like you have to peel away the onion for that purity to come through. Mm-hmm. And I see my role as um, the facilitator or the guide for others to help them to do that. And in order for them to do that, I have to walk my path. So I have to wake up and practice my meditation Mm -hmm. and and, and what meditation enables me to do is connect to the source, right? Connect to the ultimate source of purity and of love, of joy, of, of peace and all of that. And with that, I'm able to lift others up in my own prayers, Yes. I really, I really want to say that I enjoyed your, um, your guided meditations on your podcast. That's really, uh, I was like, yes, we need more of this. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And and that it, it, cause it comes from the heart. I can't, um, you know, express it enough, how important it is for us to just honor silence. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know silence can be scary. Um, in the silence of our hearts, trauma comes up. In the silence of our hearts, memories come up. Mm-hmm. In the silence of our hearts, right, pain comes up. And it sometimes materializes physically with us. And so using your breath as an anchor to connect to the source and heal is, is a gift 
that is often ignored. And so that's why I invite everyone to take a breath with me, you know, like Mm -hmm. take a breath with me, take a breath with me because that breath is healing. It's the whole process and cycle and cycle of life. And um, conscious breathing has completely shifted my life, shifted my awareness, shifted the way that I accept disappointment, Mm -hmm. um, shifted the way that I accepted myself, you know, as a woman, as a mom, as a wife, as a leader. Yes. And connected me to my own humility to be able to say, take my hand, no matter where you've been, just take my hand. Let's, let's, let's practice together. I don't yes. know, <laughs> you know, let's practice together. So that's that constant invitation. So I'm so glad that you took me up on that and um, you listened and, and you allowed yourself to go with it, even if it's just for a few minutes. Yeah. Yesterday, I, um, <laughs> I'm under some divine pressure right now. And I said, I'm going to go and sit down and meditate. So I told my daughter, I said, hey, set the timer for 20 minutes. Yeah. And she says, okay. So she sets her little timer. She was on YouTube and um, I took my cleansing breath in and I exhaled the toxicity and the negativity. And I did it a few times. And before, you know, I was asleep and, but I wasn't fully asleep. I was cognizant of what was happening around me. Like I could hear my daughter's computer. I can feel the baby next to me because she was laying down next to me. And I was thinking to myself, like, dang, this is a long 20 minutes. <laughs> and then when when it went off, when the alarm went off, I was like, wait a minute. I literally, like, fell asleep because when I got up, I felt physically like, man, that was that was a, a deep, like, meditative sleep that I was in. Um, but the goal was not to fall asleep. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> I really know if that was meditate. sleep because... Yeah, I don't know if that was sleep because as you go through your meditative practice, right, in your meditation, you realize mm-hmm. that there are different states of being. Right, 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 right. Right. There are different states of being. And once you use the breath, it takes you to the levels that you need to be at. Got it. Okay. And once you surrender, you needed that rest. And maybe you fell asleep, but certainly I, I guarantee you, Marla, you were not fully asleep. That was yeah, not, no, I, I that was, was receiving meditative states that you were, you were hitting mm-hmm. you know, at that point to take care of the emotional, physical, even spiritual needs that you had mm-hmm. you know, place of healing and people enter that state, right. When they're open. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. No, I, I received a few downloads from source and I was like, okay, I know what I got to do. And what was more interesting is, you know, Coach Desi is my leadership and business coach. And um, I called her right away because I saw that she texted me. And I was like, I just woke up. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, how are you doing? Because she knows what I'm going through right now. Right. And she's like, you know, the text message, how are you doing? And I I called her back and I said, I just woke up. Like I I went to meditate and, and I ended up falling asleep, but I feel at peace. And that was the message that she wanted to get across to me was Marla, be at peace. Everything is going to work out. Everything's going to come out in the wash. You're safe. You're protected. Everything is fine. So she's really just been pouring into me. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. She is amazing. She really, really is a dear sister who connects everyone. So yes, that's how we met. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. And, you know, want to take you back to that practice, right? Think Mm -hmm. about the moment before you decided to meditate. Oh, I was in a frenzy. I was like, (laughs) right. So there is a before and there's an after, but there's a point where you decided and you listened. Many of us are in that frenzy and we're invited and we're like, no, 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 I'm going to keep going. I have no time. But you realize that when you sat down for the 20 minutes, you probably brought yourself back 20 hours of worry. Yes, yes, yes. That, that, oh my gosh, that's impactful right there. I like that. 20 minutes redeems 20 hours. Yeah. Worry. Yeah. And the research actually shows that just 20 minutes of meditation equals to a certain number of hours of sleep because you're allowing your body to fully be at rest. Your mind is at rest. You know, you're alert, 
but you're not quite sure of what's going on. Like you are alert, like you can, you know, you're, you're in full awareness. There's that awareness happening, Mm -hmm. but then you're in a place of bliss. You're in a place of peace. You've entered into the source, right? You, that's when you're, you know, you're connected that there's, there's something there. You're like, and you taste, you have a little bit of taste of peace, of joy. And you're like, oh, that's purity. Oh, that's pure bliss. That's me. Yes. That's me. So I, you know, invite you to keep connecting, keep connecting. And the interesting thing about meditation too, just because you experience this, this time doesn't mean you're going to experience the same thing next time. Right. I'll tell you um, what day was that last week I came home from the office. um, And Again, I lay down on the couch. I told my mom I was going to rest for a minute, but I was actually going into meditation. And this happened last year. So, um, no, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year because we were still under like a lot of the uh, restrictions under COVID. And um, my spiritual mother invited me to do um, a breath workshop. And during this weekend, it was over three days. We, from Friday to Sunday, we did every day. We had exercise on practicing breath and doing certain, certain movements with it. And this was the very first time this ever happened to me. I went into a meditative state. And when I closed my eyes, I could see faces like doing like this, opening up. And I would see a face and then I'd see it close back up. And I, I came out of that session like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and so it happened again last week. And I was like, yo, like I'm starting to see some physical manifestations now, some tangible, like I've been praying to God to reveal my angels and my spirit guides and here they're coming. <laughs> and I don't want to be afraid. It's like, why should I be afraid? They're here to protect me. They're here to help guide me on my journey. So why am I afraid? (laughs) And they're always with you. And I think because it's different. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're not taught that. So I'm not sure what church you grew up in or if you grew up in a church or what that experience was like for you. I grew up Baptist. But um, it was more like my dad's side of the family was ingrained in the church. We have ministers, reverends, pastors, first ladies, musicians, like all of that is on my dad's side. While my mother's side, um, it was kind of liberal. Like we knew about God. We knew how to pray. We would attend church if we were invited, but we didn't really dedicate a life to going to church. And so I, I feel like I had a really good balance mm-hmm. because when I was with my father's side of the family, my great grandmother, my grandmother, my grandfather, um, I was in church with pantyhose on, my ruffle socks, my like I was decked out, covered okay? up. <laughs> yes, and so I really felt that I had the choice of okay, I'm going to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior, and um, and I also felt that just because I received him as my Lord and savior, I don't have to be in church if I don't want to be. So I feel very blessed and fortunate to have that type of balance in my upbringing. And that's, and that's really beautiful. But if you were to really dig deeply into the teachings of that, what they taught you about angels or not teach you about angels. And that's where we may be able to say, Ooh, what am I inviting into my space? But when you sit down and it's just you, Right. And you are calling, calling upon the greater source, the ultimate creator, right? Whatever appears within the purity of your heart, you're ready to receive. Mm-hmm. And that's the gift, right? And that's the, and that's the ultimate gift. Sometimes we get caught up because we're saying, you know, we have so many different thoughts in our heads and we think that through meditation, we're going to get rid of these thoughts and we're going to hang on to the thoughts or the beliefs and that's going to carry us through now. In meditation, um, even before beginning is surrendering all of that mm-hmm. is to say it is what it is. They're like clouds in the sky. Cause our thoughts change, our beliefs change, our ideas change. But one thing that does not change is the ultimate source. The source is the source is the source. So, and we know when we're, when we, we know when we're connected, just mm-hmm. like that feeling you're saying, you know, 
So that's where that feeling of safety will come from because you'll know that you're in the presence. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, this is this. Oh, uh, we're, we're having church today. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I, I want to, I want to move on, on, along um, and ask you uh, about the joyous leader. So you have the four pillars as your foundational structure of the joyous leader, you have awareness, education, practice and results as a compass of how you approach the work. Can you provide us with a little bit of detail as to how you came up with these four pillars? Absolutely. So when we, when we look at our lives, right, we see the results, the results of your life right now, um, Marla are based on your awareness, your education and your practice. Mm. you can take a look at your life right now. Everything that you have in your life is, you know, is based on all of the prior. So, but we all want different results. Mm -hmm. We want different results. And sometimes we're afraid to look, well, what's, what's creating this. So when we take responsibility to say, I'm the creator, I'm the, I'm the co-creator of my existence, right? I'm Mm -hmm. the co-creator of my experiences, I'm the co-creator. I'm the reason why I didn't get this. I'm responsible also for not getting this opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm also responsible for the house I live in. Yeah, I'm yeah. responsible for the way my children, I'm responsible. I'm responsible. So when you take full responsibility for where you are, that creates the results. So now the invitation is let's begin to, let's begin with awareness. Begin with that awareness. I'm fully 100% responsible for everything that happens to me in my life. Mm. And that's an ouch for many. Yeah. It takes learning, right? To be able to say I'm 100% responsible. And through that 100% responsibility, we're not educated on everything. Like I had to learn the breathing practice. I had to learn to meditate. I had to learn the knowledge that gave me enough strength to overcome the difficulties of my life. Mm -hmm. I had to learn deep compassion, right? And so that's where the education comes from. We're just like, okay, we're aware that there are issues. We're aware that I'm not, okay, I'm aware that I'm not where I need to be. Oh, I'm aware I'm exactly where I need to be, right? So how do I educate myself? How do I go deeper into that knowledge to be more grounded Mm -hmm. in who I am so that I can get on the other side what I want? But we can't stop at education. See, knowledge itself is power enough, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, knowledge is power, but the ultimate power is practice. Yeah, like putting That's it, like power. being applying what you're learning to what it is that you're doing. Exactly. So I can talk to you about breathing all the time, mm-hmm. but until we experience the power of the breath together, you won't change your life. Intellectually, we can change, say, Oh, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to change my life. But the reality is got to get up and do something. Yes. Right. It's like practicing what you preach. So the knowledge opens up our minds. It opens up our perspective. It opens up our hearts in some ways, but the practice grounds us Mm -hmm. and gives us the results that we want. So it depends on where we start. Sometimes we start with the practice. Sometimes we realize that we're practicing the wrong things. Right. So when you look at the different areas of your life um, and I like to, to call these kind of like the, the, the five pillars, right. Of, of areas of your life. The number one is the quality of your thoughts. If you practice negative self-talk, what's going to come out at the other end of it with the results. Negativity, negative, negative results. <laughs> That's right. If you live in a state, in an emotional state of worry, mm-hmm. you're going to get physically sick. Right. Right. If you're if you if you're if your home is always sad, right, what's going to what's going to be created, the results you're going to be getting. So if you practice um, physical well-being, whatever that means to you, for me, it just means dancing and possibly like 50, you know, sit ups or, you know, for different people, it means different things. I have a friend who's like learning how to be a bodybuilder. She is absolutely like committed to going to the gym. Power to you, but guess what? Her body has completely shifted to that of a bodybuilder. 
Wow. Right. Practice creates that result. So you've got your physical well-being and you've got your spiritual well-being. So we talked about the emotional well-being. We talked about mental well-being, the quality of your thoughts. Right. We talked about your physical well-being. Now we're going to talk about your spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. Your spiritual well-being is your connection to the source. How often are you connected? Gratitude, love. Right. Yes. That sense of being completely, completely present. Right. Mm-hmm. And the last piece is relationships. Relationship is a really big a part of who we are. Who are you connected with? Right. What are you practicing in your relationships? All of those practices create results. So sometimes we have to work backwards. We look at the practice and we're like, oh, no, that's not what I want. Uh uh-uh. I need to eat better nutrition. It's not eating. This is not good for me. Like for right. me, sugar, like diabetes <laughs> runs in my family, right? On my father's side. And I'm like, listen, don't you look at my size because if I eat too much sugar, I know what's going to happen. Right. So right. guess what? I have to educate myself. So mm-hmm. I move backwards and I have to educate myself. And sometimes I have to even move back to awareness. Oh, I wasn't aware of this. I wasn't aware that these practices were creating these results. Right. So when we, it's not a linear process is what I'm explaining to you, Marla. It's Mm -hmm. really a process where we can start from anywhere and make a shift in our lives Mm -hmm. as long as we identify where we are on the continuum. Yeah. Um, Several years ago when I was working in mortgage, um, I used to like have T.D. Jakes and Joe Olstein and all of them playing in my ear while I was flipping through folders and files and stuff. And um, I came across Dr. Cindy Trim. And Mm. one of the things that she said, and I will never forget it. She said, you are one decision away from changing the rest of your life. And we have a conscious, intentional purpose each day to make that one decision that's going to change our life for the rest of our life. Mm -hmm. And, um, from then on, it was crazy because when I heard that, I was a loan processor. I was pregnant with my first baby and I got a pink slip. Like literally about a year after being in, promoted to that position. So it was like, dang, I'm hitting another roadblock. Like I worked hard to get here. And so I said, you know what? I'm not going to go back to corporate America. I am not going to work anymore for someone who I have to ask permission to clock in and clock out, ask permission to take vacation. If my child were to get sick, I would have to be the one to go and get her from school. So I don't want to do that. I'm going to enjoy my child because at the time we, we were, we're, we're still able for me to not really work if I don't want to. Mm -hmm. Um, But God was so faithful in that moment because not only did I get laid off, I was able to get my maternity leave, my baby bonding time, all through short-term disability. And because I didn't have a job to go back to, I had exhausted my unemployment for the whole year. So I was 18 months receiving a payment from the state in that form. And I was able to stay home with my baby her very first year. Wow. And so after I had my second child, my mom decided she wanted to move out to California to, to be close with us because my brother's children were much older. And about a year after she was here, I said, you know what? It's time for me to go out and do my own thing, but on my terms. Hmm. And that was when I started my consulting and I've it's it's been amazing (laughs) it's been it's been some challenges it's been some crying it's been some like oh and then there's who does she think she is and who do I think I am and all of that but I am so grateful to be in the spot that I'm in right now in the space and the time that I'm in right now well thank you so much for sharing that with me that you know that touches me and in a very deep way because you had the courage and you trusted, Mm, right? mm. You trusted. And um, oftentimes we don't realize that there is a blessing in the pain. Yes. When you first got that pink slip, 
And that's why we have to trust the, the goodness of the Lord, right? We have to trust, like the old folk used to say, you don't know. You know, my grandmother used to say, you can't see past your nose. God sees the whole, the whole yard, right? So you don't know what God was planting in your heart and what he was planning. Mm-hmm. So there's that, there's that balance, but you did something with it. So it's not just that, um, you know, this blessing was happening, but you worked the blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's powerful. Um, some of us get the blessing, but we don't work the blessing. No, we don't. No, we, we don't. don't work the blessing. You work that blessing, sis. So that's awesome. <laughs> and you know, it's so funny that you say that because um, there are also some people that are like, you know, the Lord is going to bless me, but they don't put in the work. They think that manna is just going to fall from the sky. And I'm like, we're not living in biblical times now, baby. Like, <laughs> you got to go out and make that manna. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know what? It says, help yourself and the heavens will help you. Yeah. And that's why we're co-creators. Yes. We're yes. not the ultimate creators because I have to leave room for God to work. You mm-hmm. know, I have to share with you that God said no. Well, I got to know. I don't know if God said no. I have to th- take it as God says no, as you can hear from the way I'm even uh, you know, presenting this, <laughs> I'm still struggling with it. They normally say, don't talk about your struggles until you're on the other side of it, but I'm, I'm, I'm being uh, called to share. So I'm going to share. So, okay. I was told a no that I had prepared for, like I prepared for this. Yes. I prepared, I lined things up. I worked my yes. I mean, I was recommended by the highest for this. Yes. I mm-hmm. thought this yes was a yes. I received a no. And so as much as, and I have to tell you that it's taken me a, a long time, longer than I imagined, even as a very spiritually grounded person, as I, you know, like to think that, <laughs> you know, I'm connected to say, mm-hmm. oh, wow, what does this know me? Oh, oh, what does this know me? What does this really mean? Mm -hmm. Am I going in the right direction? So when you talk about this pink slip, it makes me think of my no to say, well, where's the blessing in the no? Mm -hmm. So for your listeners listening out there who've experienced no, or maybe you're in the midst of a no and you think it's a valley, let's find the blessing in the no. I can't tell you what the blessing in my no is. There's something better. It's something better. We've got to trust that. Yeah. And that's, and that's what you did. And that's how you were able to overcome because you were able to trust that there is something better because you look who you're connected to. Yes. Abundance of the universe. Yes. Lays at your hands. You know, God is in charge of all of that. Yeah. I was talking. Yeah. I was talking with a lady a few weeks ago and she said, my God is limitless. So why can't I be limitless? (laughs) Um, But that's powerful. Like you're still in the midst of your struggle and yet you're like, I am going to trust that there is something better. And I have to constantly remind myself of that. Mm -hmm. This knows for a reason, reveal it to me, reveal Mm -hmm. it to me. And it's okay. And it's okay for us to get on our knees. Mm -hmm. It's okay for us to be on our backs, right? But know that we have to get up. So as you, if anybody is, is an earshot of us right now, as we, as we share our nose, (laughs) (laughs) as we share our nose, and if you've been told no, trust, trust and work. Mm -hmm. Don't trust and lay, don't, don't stay laying down now. Mm Mm-mm. Don't stay on your knees now. Lift your head up and look forward, you know, and because that's what I'm doing in the midst of my no. And it gets tough. Mm-hmm. Ears fill my eyes. And yet I'm still like, you know what? I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm gonna and, keep you, forward. and you know what? You don't even have to work harder through the no. Yeah. You know, I think another thing that we have to recognize is that it's okay to just be. Like you received the no, you've already put in the work. You've already put in the blood, sweat, and the tears on even getting to that no. So it's now, okay, just breathe and, and, and relax because ease and flow is on its way. Regardless of that, no, 
That's the right. better, the bigger and the better is on the other side of that. No, for sure. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because there's a really strong relationship between effort and ease. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the relationship. That's the creator and co-creator relationship. Yeah. Right. The co-creator relationship, which is us, like we're the co-creator. Right. And we're efforting, we're efforting, we're putting forth effort, we're working, we're working. And the ultimate creator who created us, you know, and it's like, slow down, relax. I got this. Yes. Slow down, relax. I got this. So there's effort and ease, and in us finding the balance is crucial. So I love that you brought that up to be able to know that, you know, what unexpectedly Mm -hmm. there's a blessing unexpectedly, you discovered your passion. Unexpectedly, you got that pink slip and got an 18-month blessing Mm -hmm. to propel you into whom you are today. Oh, mercy. (laughs) Without that pink slip, you you know, so it's almost like you need to go back and think the person who pink slipped you. Yes. And I'll never, I will never forget the interview because they looked at my my, uh, resume and I got questioned, why do you have so such so short time right. at these different places? And I said, well, they just didn't work out. You know, sometimes you outgrow something. Sometimes they let you go because of whatever right. they're going through. And that was my response. Right. And when I got my pink slip and they did the exit interview, I think the the guy who, you know, the CEO, he was like, he didn't want to eat those words that he told me in the interview phase. And so he was like, I'm just so sorry that we're here. And I was like, it's okay. And <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. There's nothing that we can do about this. This is what happens. And um, I, I'm just grateful for that. You know, you're, uh, this is so good today. I just want to say this is so good. <laughs> I might have to bring this interview episode on up a few months. So my next question is, you focus on joy being the key to internal wellness. Can you break that down? Um, that Can you break that three-letter word down and what it means to be in complete joy? Mm. Oh, you ask such powerful questions, Marla. I have to say, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know, if I... If, let, let me think about that one to see how I'm going to break that three letter word down. Um, joy. You, it's the key. You said it's the key. It is. So it's eternal wellness. Whatever is in whatever, whatever emotion that lives in your, in your physical well-being materializes in your physical well-being. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if joy is your emotional home, there's, absolutely no way that you can be filled with illness without feeling happy about where that illness is going to take you. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, people who are encountering diseases and illnesses and, and all of that, you know, all of that is part of our purpose. So when we live from a state of joy, mm-hmm. we understand that the challenges of life, the external circumstances are, of life, are all part of our greater purpose and ultimate being. And so how to be in a state of joy, to be in a state of joy, you're also in a state of peace. And it's not anything that we have to look for. Mm -hmm. So I push us to look within because that's who we are. So that's like, joy is me. Joy is you. Peace is you. You are peace. You are joy. You all love Mm -hmm. So if this is already who I am, my only job is to ignite it, right? A lamp is a lamp. Uh, uh, A candle is a candle, but the candle has more power and I light it up. Yes. And that's, and that's lighting that wick. We're like the wick of a candle. We're just lighting it up. And once we light up joy, we're able to see our world differently with more optimism, with Mm -hmm. more clarity, you know, with more hope and it enables us to serve others because have you ever been depressed? Have you ever felt sad? Oh yeah. In that state? And then we begin to feel sorry for ourselves and we go in a cocoon. Don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to deal with anybody. Mm-hmm. When we bring ourselves in a state of joy, we want to share that. We want to serve others. We want to be able to give beyond us. 
And so living from a state of joy helps us to serve. I'm always in service because my service is to bring joy to others, but to help you ignite your joy. I'm not going to help you find your joy because you're, you are joy. I'm going to help you light it up. Oh, light me up, sis. That's right. See? <laughs> you're lit. <laughs> I think you need any more light, sis. You're good. You're lit. You're lit. That's what the young folks say. You know, we're lit. Yeah. But they have a sense. You ever think about like the, the sayings of the world, right? Mm-hmm. The adages, they make sense. They make sense, right? You know, the young people say, you're lit. What does that mean? You're full of fire. Yes. Yeah, you're full of joy. That's who you are. So we're not, we don't have to look for joy and peace in the external circumstances of our lives. Mm-hmm. It'll make us more comfortable, but you can put me somewhere and anywhere that I'm uncomfortable, but I'll still be in my joyous state. You know, Bob Marley's, you know, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. Yes. None but ourselves can free our minds. There's power in that. Oh, like, I love how you just said that too. Oh. Just, right. <laughs> None but ourselves can free our minds to really capture the essence of who I am, the essence of who you are, you know, the essence of who we are is when we sit still, find our breath and rediscover our joy. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, this is, oh, I love it. I love this. I love this episode with you. I just love you. Oh my there God. There we go, Marla. <laughs> Okay. So my last question for you is what would be a word of encouragement that you would like to share with our listeners if they're uncertain of where they are on their spiritual journey or even in leadership, you know, as a business owner, um, what would you encourage them with today? Be where you are. Let's begin there. Wherever that is, right? First is to Find space, create space, physical space, time space, emotional space, mental space to be where you are. And I mean that um, sometimes we're rushing through life because we're mothers, we're fathers, we're, 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 we're grandparents, we're doing so much, right? Mm-hmm. Find the physical space in your home, a corner in your home, a corner by your bed that is yours. Find a time of day that is yours. For me, that time used to be 4.30, <laughs> you know, in the morning. It, it's gone later now, you know. I don't know what that time of day is for you. And really ask yourself, you know, really important question. How do I want to be remembered? How do I want to be remembered? Because I'm here for a reason. And that in itself is a prayer. Because that will invite more awareness and how we need to show up in life. It will build a sense of urgency of starting that business, of giving yourself a pink slip, Mm -hmm. or going for that promotion, going for that job, speaking up. But without that moment of stillness of your own time, your own physical space, your own emotional space in the permission to actually think about that question. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we lose the sense of grounding. And so I invite every single one of you just five minutes a day to start just five, right? Find your physical space, find your time space and commit five minutes to finding your breath, and Marla, do you mind if we use the last three minutes to find I was out? actually, I am so glad you were reading my mind, sister, because <laughs> I was going to ask you, would you please lead us in, in that meditative? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. All right. See, I love you too, sis. I love you too. So we got to do this again. All right. Yes. All right. Let's sit comfortably and easily. Your first home is your body. And sometimes we feel uncomfortable. And let's say our physical homes, but let's find our home and our bodies, however we show up in this world. And find your breath 
I invite you to close your eyes, sit comfortably and easily, and be at home in your gift. Let's take a deep breath in and breathe out and release. Find your breath at the tip of your nose and allow it to do what it does without any effort. Just follow your own rhythm of the breath. Let's take a deep breath in and breathe out and release. Remembering that your breath is connected to your body, your mind, and your emotions. Control your breath, control your body, your mind, your emotions. Let's take some slow, deep breaths here at your own pace. Relax your feet. your knees, your thighs. Place the total weight of your body, whatever you're sitting on. Feel the energy moving up and down your spine. Relax your abdomen, relax your chest. Relax your shoulders, arms and hands. Relax your throat and neck. Relax all the muscles in your face, placing a gentle smile on your face. Bring your awareness to the top of your head, your crown. Just take a deep breath in and breathe out and release. And now feel the energy move from the top of your head, from your crown to the tip of your toes. And from the tip of your toes to the top of your head. Remove the energy to your heart. Feel a sense of gratitude. Gratitude that you're breathing in this moment. You're present. Gratitude for your blessings. Remember that you are joy, your peace, your love. You are what you've been looking for. Let's take a deep breath in. And breathe out and release. Begin to bring your awareness into your body, your home. Wiggle your fingers, your toes, roll your neck. And when you feel ready and complete, you may open your eyes. Welcome back. Oh, that was so relaxing. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ah, okay. Tell our listeners how they can find you. Oh, it's just been such a joy to spend this hour with you, Marla. <laughs> you are lit, sis. <laughs> so stay up, stay positive, continue to bless the world. And I'd love to stay connected with you and your listeners. Absolutely. So please find me at joyousleader.com or at joyousleader on Instagram on Facebook, or on LinkedIn. Um, again, I'm Joanne Lagande of Joyous Leader. I am just so incredibly honored to share space with you. Remember that you are at home in yourself, regardless of your external circumstances. 
So you are what you've been looking for. Thank you so much. Oh, amen. And I say, and amen. Amen. (laughs) And so it is. And it is so. (laughs) Oh, that's right. This this just made my day. I swear these, these episodes, these interviews, they keep getting better. And the quality of people, I'm just so grateful that our paths crossed and I'm grateful that you are, you are just as lit as I am. We (laughs) reflections of each other, girl. (laughs) That's right. And I think Desi knew that. Thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode on the Metaspiritualist podcast. We hope that this episode provides you with clarity, guidance, and comfort on your spiritual path or faith walk. To dial into our frequency, please be sure to follow us on Facebook at The Metaspiritualist, Twitter at Metaspirit21, and of course on your favorite podcasting apps. And don't forget to visit our website at www.themetaspiritualist.com. Right on the homepage, you can listen to the podcast, learn more about our platform, and soon we will have a spiritual shop for all of your metaphysical and spiritual needs. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our newsletter. If you would like to appear as a guest on The Metaspiritualist, feel free to message us at metaspiritualist at gmail.com. Until next time, we hope that you are in peace, harmony, love, and abundance.